If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Well, good morning. Welcome to the start of yet another brand new work week. Happy, happy Monday to you. It's Amy Ryan taking things over here in Studio 1A because it's time that we turn our attention to focus on elder law. We do this each and every Monday with Miss Sherry Aiken of the Aiken Law Firm in Deland. Good morning to you, Sherry. Good morning, Amy. How are you today? Doing great. How are you? Not too bad. A little bit foggy out there still, so still be careful on the roads if you're driving around out there. That's for sure. It was quite the scene when we were on our way, and you almost couldn't see the water. <laughs> was... A little bit better than that, but it's it's still kind of uh, cloudy out there. It's a blanket. So just before we, we actually cracked the mic, you showed me the most adorable picture of a new little pup in your life, but it's your grand pup, right? Yes, it is. Um, we have it posted on our, our Facebook page, if listeners have list, looked at our Facebook page, um, Lee. Little Lee, he's um, about 10-ish weeks old. He's a Border Collie, um, Australian Shepherd mix puppy. He's totally rambunctious, and he's my, my son's puppy, but he's going to be living with us for a couple weeks as we try to help him through the terrible puppy stage of learning some manners and um, mostly getting him past the, oh, I'm so cute, pick me up. The training part. Yeah, the training part <laughs> of the stage and everything. That's the rough stuff. That's the rough part of it all. Yes, but, you know, uh, thinking about, you know, Lee and everything like that made me think about our clients and others who um, who are helping out with their grandchildren. And, um, you know, and the issues with respect to planning for grandchildren in a state plan, and, you know, especially if grandchildren are living with you part or all the time, you know, and we do have people co- who've got questions about how do they include the children in the estate plan that way and kind of what are their rights in that respect so you're seeing so much more of this it's it's become more commonplace well unfortunately for a lot of reasons i mean Mm -hmm. obviously now we have you know multiple generations of families uh you know living in the same household which you know to some extent's always sort of been the case but you've got that but in some areas of course that have been hit very difficult uh, very hard with the um, opioid crisis and whatnot. You know, we have grandchildren mm-hmm. living with grandparents, you know, out of necessity. Uh, in some situations, there have been, um, you know, uh, tragedies where the parents passed away and those kind of things. So there's a variety of circumstances uh, where, you know, that lead the, these situations to happen. And so, you know, in estate planning, you know, what we can deal with is really on the financial side of things, you know, stuff like custody of grandchildren and, and, and like guardianship over the the persons of the grandchildren is not really a probate or a guardianship matter. That's really more, you know, it's a child custody question and it's handled sure. by, <clears throat> by different judges, you know, with different rules because so long as a parent, as a child has a parent still living, um, unless the, that parent's parental rights have been terminated through a lengthy uh, process that's handled over by the, the family law courts, um, you know, that the parent has rights, but we do assist folks with uh, powers of attorney to give grandparents the rights to, or the, the ability, I should say, to take a child to see a doctor and those kind of things, um, you know, while the child is living with, with the grandparent. But definitely what we look at in uh, probate court and guardianship is, you know, guardianships over minors' assets if the minor has inherited um, assets from a parent or from a grandparent. 
So what do you recommend that somebody do if, say, you know what, they, they've got a grandchild, grandchild is now staying with them, they want to make sure that the grandchild is provided for. Mm-hmm. What is the first step they need to take? Well, the first step they need to take is really to understand what the situation is with the child and what the parental relations are. Uh, you know, because I've had people come in and say, well, if I pass away, uh, I don't want my child to go live with his or her father. I'm like, well, you know I can't do that, I, mm-hmm. you know, because if, again, back to my, my first comment, is if the, the, the minor, because I'm talking about minor children now, but if the minor child has a parent, a natural parent who's still alive, um, then if something were to happen to the custodial parent, the, the surviving parent would have, those, would have those rights, and that would need to be dealt with in the, um, the family law court. And if it is that, that dire situation, and, if, and I have unfortunately looked at situations where the, the parent is perhaps has cancer, has some, some kind of, of a chronic or maybe even terminal illness, but that's, that's something that, that the parent needs to do. But the, uh, in establishing the relationship with the child, if the, grand, if the, the child has lived with, lived with the grandparent for a long period of time, is reliant upon the grandparent, those are kind of factors that the family law courts take into consideration in, in making those very difficult decisions. But what you do want to do is understand what the, the child situation is. And in many of these kind of situations, the grandchild inheriting money directly is not going to be a good idea. I mean, normally when we look at grandchildren inheriting funds, we think of putting these assets in a, a custodial account or a transfer to minors account, which doesn't require any court supervision or anything like that is done by just basically setting up an account. And that account is um, becomes the assets and is available to the child maybe as late as age 21 and as early as age 18. But then there's nobody really watching the, the custodian to see if the custodian mm-hmm. is you know, using the account for him or herself. Uh, that's, that's the easy thing to do. Better we like to see when we're dealing with substantial amounts of money is, is trust planning. We're going to talk about some of the different variables of these situations when we come back. We are focusing this Monday morning on elder law, talking with Sherry Aiken of the Aiken Law Firm in DeLand. And you are listening to the great voice of Volusia County on the stations of WSBB Radio. In the Worldwide Rotary Organization, their motto is service above self. And as a Rotarian, I strive to meet this motto on a daily basis. Hi, this is Jim from Jim's Fix-It Shop. From TVs to stereos to kitchen appliances to table lamps, Jim's Fix-It Shop is your cost-effective, local, trustworthy repair provider. Why would you trust your electronic repairs to an unknown out-of-towner? Call us at 402-4536 for an honest, straightforward discussion about your repair needs. Remember, if you plug it in, we fix it. From your WSBB 2020 Volusia County Newsroom, I'm Amy Ryan. Tomorrow marks the start of the 2020 legislative session, and Senator Tom Wright has been busy working on his own priority list. In addition to tackling the district cost differential to help provide more funding for Volusia schools, he also hopes to garner support for what's being called the fines and fees bill. Wright says about 70% of traffic fines and fees issued never get collected. 
There's over a million people in Florida driving on suspended licenses. They get uh, maybe a traffic fine for speeding or for parking, and they don't pay attention to it. The next thing you know, there's a warrant out for their arrest, so the fine keeps growing. Now they have this rather large fine. Either pay it or you don't get your license back, and they can't afford it. So why not make it easy for them to have a payment schedule where they can go and pay on a monthly basis a predetermined dollar amount that they can live with and allow them to have their license back while they go to work and work off this fine. Wright says similar bills have already been adopted in other states and he anticipates it will pass without issue. Several states have adopted this already. A lot of the county uh, offices that collect uh, fines and fees are excited about it. And of course, that 71% of the fines and fees are never collected. That will go a long ways once the county collects the money that that is on the books for them. I think it should slide through both the House and the Senate uh, easily, and we can try and make life a little bit easier for everyone. And from your WSBB 2020 Volusia County Newsroom, I'm Amy Ryan. This 2020 Volusia County News update has been brought to you in part by Atlantic Hearing Balance and Tinnitus Center, committed to helping you to hear well, live well. I'm Dr. Stacy O'Brien. We are dedicated to each unique individual need and we will always find a way to help. Let's discuss how we can help you hear well and live well. Call 386-951-3106 or visit us on the web at AtlanticHearingBalance.com. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Where I'm from, marijuana is legal. Can I use it in Florida? Nah, it's illegal here, man. But I have PTSD. Should I at least try to get medical marijuana? That's legal. But if I were you, I'd talk to my doctor about qualifying conditions and to find out if medical marijuana is even right for you. Thanks. I'll talk to my doctor. Pampering, state-of-the-art treatments, optimum wellness. This is Abundant Health Day Spa, offering an array of services provided by elite spa therapists. Choose from a variety of facial and body treatments, massages, and now featuring the relaxing, detoxifying, rejuvenating health benefits of float therapy. And be sure to inquire about the latest massage therapy option geared specifically to aid in pain relief, swelling, and promote wellness. Abundant Health Day Spa, located on State Road 44 in the Winn-Dixie Shopping Plaza, New Smyrna Beach. Call today, 386-423-9244, or learn more at ahdayspa.com. We're in conversation with Sherry Aiken of Aiken Law. Sherry, true or false, when dealing with probate, does Florida law require you to have an attorney? Florida statutes require that individuals be represented by an attorney in nearly all circumstances. It's really important that you be represented by an attorney experienced in probate law so that you can be protected from issues that might arise and you may have liabilities or responsibilities to other persons. There are many legal uncertainties that impact the care and well-being of the elderly and their families. Aiken Law is dedicated to providing solutions. Call Aiken Law at 386-738-5599. Aiken Law Firm, practical and common sense elder law legal solutions. Offices in DeLand.
And we're back. We're continuing our focus on elder law this Monday morning with Sherry Aiken of the Aiken Law Firm in DeLand. Miss Sherry, for anyone that might be listening today that would like to reach out and talk with you, maybe they've got a question or two, what's a good way for them to contact you? Well, they can call me over in DeLand at the office, and that's 386-5599, or they can email me at radio at Aiken, and that's spelled A-K-I-N dash law, L-A-W dot com. So we were talking about the different situations, and there's so many different variables with something that you see more and more frequently, and that is grandparents taking care of their grandchildren. So in the case of, you know, say one parent is is not around, not in the picture for whatever reason, and the other parent is going through a time, they're having some issues, and now grandma and grandpa are raising the child and they want to make sure that they've got a plan in place so that on their passing that child is provided for and taken care of but they want to make sure that there are stipulations with regard to the parent that's still around say hey you know what they can't be in charge of this if, you know, A, B, and C isn't fixed, if if they're not doing well in this area. How how do you go about, you know, wording that or, or making sure the plan is in place and it's right for that situation? Well, really what we deal with when we're dealing with these situations is um, we, you know, we, we really, we recommend trust, uh, trust planning to deal with uh, children in these circumstances. Initially, of course, you know, uh, giving a, a, a lump sum of money to a, a child at eight, the age of 18 or even at 21 is, is usually not recommended because the child in many cases uh, aren't, doesn't have quite the stable stability of life or more importantly the experience of life to be able to manage the money, to be able to protect the money and to be able to really uh, appreciate and understand what long-term investment of the funds would be, you know, could, could benefit, how they could benefit them or, you know, what a proper expenditure of the funds would be. So, uh, so we like the idea of using a trust again, not, not as a, a penal, uh, you know, punishing kind of a thing, but more as to protect the child, because assuming, you know, in this kind of situation that I'm thinking about here, um, the grandparent might be the, you know, a source, maybe the only source of stability in the family or in, in this person's life. And more importantly, the source of, of funds that could actually uh, produce, you know, change in, in the child's life. And if those funds were to be depleted or um, stolen or, ta- you know, used, used otherwise, then there really isn't anything left. So, you know, when you're dealing with a, a guardianship of a minor, as particularly with the finances, you know, guardianship court for minors ends at age 18. So again, as I've said before, whether it's $100 or $100,000 or $100 million, you know, guardianship is over at age 18. The, um, the courts do not have jurisdiction to continue the uh, guardianship over a minor, uh, you know, once they turn age 18. Now, there could be other reasons. They may be disabled. There may be other bases for a guardianship. But typically, we're talking here uh, a child that does not have those kind of impairments. Uh, a gift to Minors Act account or custodial account like that Um under Florida law, terminates at age 21. And so again, we still have the potential of uh, sums of money coming to the hands of a young person who is uh, maybe um, at risk for exploitation or uh, you're just not, they just don't know. You think about what you knew or didn't know. And of course, we all think we know as I, you know, you know, when 21, I was um, graduating from college and had headed into law school, but, and I thought I knew the world, but I didn't really. 
And, um, and, and that's really just a, a common situation as far as the maturity of life, being able to uh, provide some guidance there. But with a trust, you can set up uh, a variety of circumstances for the, the use of the funds, for the payout of the funds, and for the ultimate termination of the trust. You know, so the trust could last you know, for five years. It could last if the child reaches a certain age. It could last for the child's entire life, depending on what the circumstances are and the amount of money that's involved. So you really can look at the trust and basically, as I tell folks, that as long as it doesn't violate public policy, if you can write, if you can, you know, uh, express it to me, I can write it down and we can put it into play again with the idea of creating the possibility for these funds to be the proverbial, you know, safety net that could protect this child and, su- and support this child and uh, encourage the child during um, their development years, during their education years, and provide them with the ability to get that next step up. So could, say, grandma or grandpa uh, include certain stipulations in that? Do you know, just thinking ahead that, you know, gosh, my grandchild, God willing, is going to far outlive us. We want to see them accomplish this or do this. So could you say, hey, you know what? Here's here's this this funding for you, for your life, but... You can't get it until you go to college or, you know, can you, mm-hmm. can you be specific well, with certain be very things? Specific. I mean, it's very common to have, um, uh, the, uh, where distributions you know, special distributions are made, say if you, you know, get a certain grade point average or you have completed certain, um, state, uh, parts of the educational process that so we say college, we say, and I'm trying not to even really focus so much on college, but college, trade school, some kind of completing some kind of an education that will allow the child to uh, obtain and maintain gainful employment. I mean, really, that's kind of what we're looking at here. So whether you're going to a trade school to learn to become you know, a plumber or whether you're going to go to college because one day you want to be a lawyer, you know, it really doesn't matter as long as the child is engaged in a learning activity that will eventually uh, increase their ability to support themselves. Uh, Some, some uh, parents or grandparents use the, the, the W2 incentive that the trustee is not allowed to, um, uh, disperse less than or more than what the W2 earnings of the child is over the course of the year, that kind of stuff. So this is interesting, and and I'm sure there are some more common stipulations that you run into. When we come back, we will delve into more of those. Focusing this morning on elder law, talking with Sherry Aiken of the Aiken Law Firm in DeLand, and you are listening to the stations of WSBB Radio. The subscription radio services have their opinion. You must pay for everything in this world one way and another. Now hold on, that's not true. There is nothing free. We are. Thanks for supporting free radio. WSBP. You deserve to live your life to the fullest and relish the good life. Coming soon to Orange City, the Springs of Park Hill. Featuring senior living at its finest in this premier upscale community. Enjoy the simple pleasures of life right in the heart of Southwest Volusia. Services and amenities custom tailored for you with care, comfort, and relaxation in mind. Choose from an array of activities. Delight in mouth-watering, chef-prepared dishes. Have peace of mind knowing all of your needs are covered. You're invited to find your passion at the Springs of Park Hill with a variety of floor plans to choose from. Studios, one-bedroom, even two-bedroom options. Schedule your tour and learn more today. Call 386-204-3006 or go online at thespringsassistedliving.com. 
coming soon to Orange City. Our great little beach town has so much to offer. Just one stroll down Canal Street through our art, home decor, and garden district, and you'll see why more and more people are discovering the old Florida charm of New Smyrna Beach. Find out for yourself. Come enjoy our shops, restaurants, galleries, and the beauty of this unique destination. For more information on historic Canal Street, log on to CanalStreetNSB.com. Everything is waiting for you and your home in the Canal Street Historic District in New Smyrna Beach. You've heard about progressive medical research. Now, hear how you can help. You may be perfect for one of PMR's current or future studies. Knee pain, psoriasis, fatty liver, asthma, COPD, Alzheimer's. If chosen, you will be compensated. Call Progressive Medical Research today. 386-304-7070-304-7070. And join the PMR family. And we're back. We are continuing our focus this Monday morning on elder law, talking with Sherry Aiken of the Aiken Law Firm in Deland. Miss Sherry, one more time, if folks want to reach out to you, maybe they've got a question or two, what's a good way for them to contact you? Uh, give me a call at 386-738-5599. Email me at radio at aiken-law.com or stop in to see us. We're just west of downtown Deland at 600 West New York Avenue. Before the break, we were talking about some of the stipulations that could be put on a trust, like maybe it's finishing education, be it college or trade school or a certain grade point average. What are some of the other common scenarios that that you encounter? Well, another common scenario that I encounter are children that uh, either are from homes where, honestly, addiction tends to be something that happens pretty Mm -hmm. regularly. And of course, there are studies and medical studies indicate that you know, there are proclivities and propensities that can be inherited with respect to uh, alcoholism and, and certain uh, certain kind of dependencies. and um, or, or children that have already kind of started down that road, managed to grab them and try to get them on the straight and narrow. But, uh, but I do, and I can say frequently, but periodically include language that deals with um, like, um, you know, prohibited transactions or prohibited activities that uh, would uh, permit the trustee to stop any payments from a trust if a child is, you know, maybe committed, you know, they're they're an incarceratable incarceratable offense or is becoming uh, addicted or maybe may the suspicion of being addicted to not just substances but but behaviors as well, gamble other stuff like that, and um, and that the trustee would then. Uh, be able to cease making payments to the child uh, under the concern that perhaps those payments might be being used to facilitate the addictive behavior or activity, but then uh, require or permit the uh, the trustee to use those funds to gain to get testing for the child to get treatment for the child to help the child get uh, through that activity through that process also because there are beneficiaries out there and I have worked with a number of families where assets in the hand in both parents and grandparents for that matter, but where um, assets in the hands of the beneficiary is not good, you know, likely mm-hmm. will lead the uh, child to engage in activities, will, will finance that and facilitate mm-hmm. that behavior. And so, um, you know, so again, this is not, again, not penal. This is protective. We want the funds to be there. You know, the, these uh, parents and grandparents aren't saying, hey, I'm not going to give any money to this child. They're saying, I want to give money to this child, but how do I do it in a way that protects the child from him or herself? 
and and definitely a trust is the way to do that. There are some other triggers we can put in a trust. Obviously, the trust for a grandparent or for anybody in this kind of trust that I work with are revocable or revisable until that the person who's created the trust passes away. So we can set it up based upon the circumstance right now, but as life progresses and the child matures, grandchild matures, and the situation changes, well, we can change it up a little bit to reflect that. We can also include some language that gives a third person down the road the ability, you know, this is for after grandma or grandpa passes away, if somebody sees that something is happening. Again, the trust is being used in a manner that is not the way you wanted it to um, be used. Or again, these assets are creating problems for the beneficiary to, you know, be able to revise or again, tweak the trust, not, not to take the beneficial interest away from child or grandchild, but rather to kind of, again, put these kind of limitations and conditions upon getting free flowing money out of it. And that's really what we're trying to work on here is, is to make sure that this money lasts, you know, it does what it's supposed to do, which is typically provide for an education, provide for the solid start, do all those things where, you know, where if there had been a parent or a grandparent alive at that point in time would, uh, would have been able to provide the seed money for the new house or the new business or the whatever, but, but make sure that it's not accidentally used to, you know, uh, foster uh, destructive behaviors. And they're all stipulations that can be included in the wording absolutely, of that trust. Absolutely. Miss Sherry, always a pleasure. I feel like we could have done two shows on this topic it's complicated. today. It is a complicated process and, and topic. It really is. We have been focusing this Monday morning on elder law with Sherry Aiken of the Aiken Law Firm in DeLand. We're going to make way now for CBS News. It's coming up at the top of the hour. And then we'll get you back to more of the very best music to get you through this Monday and the start of a brand new work week. Do make it a great today.